Welcome to the Now Leading Podcast, hosted by the Northwest District LCMS. We bring a Lutheran point of view to conversations on the art of leading as a follower of Jesus, through valleys, over peaks, and on the waves, following his lead in the great Northwest. Hi, this is Dust Kunkel. We face real challenges in the Northwest these days, don't we? We've seen our university announce its closure by the end of April. The COVID-19 virus is taking lives, causing suffering and loss and real trauma. It's a challenging moment in our history. If you're like me, then you're hunkered down at home right now. In my case, with a wife on video conference calls all day for her work and two daughters doing the same with their school classes. We have to take socially distant walks just to stay sane here. Speaking of staying sane, the Now Leading podcast is focused on helping servant leaders look around the corner because that's one way to define leadership. It's to keep our eyes up, to stay sane. As a leader, you have to watch where your feet step. But if you don't keep your eyes up, you'll just walk smack into a pole or or worse, you'll step off a cliff. So how do we keep our eyes up and looking around the corner as leaders? In this podcast, I'm privileged to provide the audio of a gathering of leaders from across the United States, the North American Mission Endeavor. These are executives like me from LCMS districts around the U.S., as well as leaders from partner organizations, all focused together on extending and supporting God's people and living out His mission to bring His children home to Him. There were over 30 leaders on this video conference at the time from all over the country, and they all gave their permission for the audio recording of that to be shared publicly through this podcast. So the question for you and for me, if nothing else, is this. What does it mean to be a blessing during this unprecedented moment in our communities? Or let's make it more personal. Ministry's best when it's closest to the ground, right? So you're exactly where God wants you. How does he want to work tangibly in the details of your life to bring his loving kindness? Let's listen into the conversation on responding missionally during the COVID-19 pandemic. All right. Well, welcome to this gathering of mission executives and other leaders across the LCMS. This is the COVID-19 responding missionally call, and we're actually recording this call Uh, so that down the road we can share this with the larger church. We have permission from everyone on this call to do so. Um, My name is Dust Kunkel, and I am the executive assistant to the president in Northwest District. I'm focused on leadership development and on coaching. That's uh, the, the main things that I focus on out here in the Northwest District. Here's where we're going. We are in the midst of what some people are calling an unprecedented moment. Um, in the, in the history of you know, the world right now. And yet at the same time, maybe, maybe it is precedented for Christians uh, because of what we've gone through in the past and other times when there were pandemics and epidemics. And it brings me to mind um, Luther's words um, that are being passed around on the internet right now about caring for our neighbors in the midst of a pandemic. Lutherans have always been about sola scriptura, word alone. Where, where the word is, where people gather around the word, there the Lord is to bring his good news to, to save our hearts, to save our souls, and to change our lives. And so we've got a group of guys here on a call with us from all around the, the LCMS, all around the United States, uh, to talk about this question, responding missionally in a time of a pandemic, and it's specifically facing what COVID-19 is doing to us. Um, I 
just a personal, brief personal story um, sharing on the call before we, we hit record. But uh, I had a, doc, a daughter at NYU in New York City, and um, they, they evicted all the students from the dorms very quickly this last week. And I had to make a sudden uh, change and, and get on a plane and, and fly out there and help her get out of these dorms and fly home. And um, in the process, uh, rented a vehicle and there were students that had no other way to get their stuff out who were literally throwing their stuff out of doors and, and into junk piles. And uh, so in the process of about 24 hours to help three other uh, students move their stuff as well as my daughter's into storage. And that's just a small story of what's going on. I'm self-quarantined actually at home now because I've been in New York. So there's that. <laughs> and this thing affects us in so many ways, right? Uh, and, and we're going to have a conversation now for the rest of our time together about how that affects us. We're focused on about 75 minutes, uh, be, just because best practices indicate that that, that works best for us. A um, couple other housekeeping details here. Um, in that 75 minutes, uh, we're going to have uh, Yared share a little bit from the, the very beginning of our time on some insights from uh, his time in Africa and, and how that lays groundwork for where we're going. Then we've got Chris Pavola, uh, who's going to spend some time answering uh, some thoughts uh, on uh, some four questions that we gave him. And briefly, those four, four questions are this. Uh, and I, I nailed them down to something a little bit more, uh, more concrete. So one, it's an equipping question. How does the church equip lay leaders at this time? Two, how can existing churches multiply rather than conserve? Three, what permissions and resources do lay leaders need? And four, what are practical suggestions for sharing the Easter message with our neighbors? Those are the questions that Chris will be attending to. Um, Chris, we'll give you about 20 minutes for that, and then we'll have a brief panel response, uh, about 10, 15 minutes from Bill Geis, Peter Mueller, and William Utech. Um, we'll give them about 15, 10, 15 minutes to just kind of give us a little bit more of a response. And then we're shooting for about 30 minutes of time together at the end, uh, just for reaction time from people who are on the call, questions, uh, considerations, and conversations. So that's where we're going. Before we do anything else, let's pray. Father, you are in charge of our lives and in charge of this world and in Jesus uh, you have drawn us to yourself, giving us everything that is you. We thank you for that good news today in the midst of uh, hard news. And I'm thinking of um, especially the frontline workers across the world that are uh, working long, long hours and are very tired um, trying to save lives. We ask your blessing on them and their families. And we ask that you would um, do what you can to bring an end to this, uh, this pandemic. Um, not just for our sake here in the United States, but across the world, for our brothers and sisters, your children everywhere. We ask your blessing on our time uh, today. Help us to pay attention to what you're up to and to be an encouragement to one another so that your good news would go forth. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So I'm just checking on the call here. I see Yared is with us. So Yared, I'm going to give you about five minutes to just jump in. And if you would introduce yourself briefly and then um, just lay some groundwork for us on your perspective uh, on this, uh, on responding missionally to this challenge for us. 
Thank you, brother, just for facilitating this for us. I appreciate um, the time that's given to me. Uh, my name is Yared Halche. I serve as a chairman for NAME and I work as a missionary and a mission exec at the Southeastern District in the greater DC, Washington DC area. So I just came back from Ethiopia and I remember the time uh, the Ethiopian church was in the survival mode for many, many years uh, since its inception. The evangelical churches are now one of the uh, larger groups that are really literally changing the landscape, the map of uh, socio-political or religious, whatever you call it. Uh, they are changing Africa for better. Uh, and explosive growth is there, our Lutheran church, uh, the largest Lutheran church body in the world. And uh, the Kalehiwot Church, another denomination that has also the same 10 million plus members like Lutherans in Ethiopia. Uh, so all these churches were uh, in survival mode. They struggled uh, for survival, but the Lord flipped that and uh, brought unexpected growth, mission growth. So I just want to encourage all of us that the Lord is not panicking in heaven, uh, wondering about what's going on with this virus. Uh, he has it in his hand and he knows what to do about it, but to encourage us that uh, we need to look beyond the current challenge we have as a church body. And um, those evangelical churches in Ethiopia first were persecuted by religious groups, anti-evangelicals, and then later on by the political uh, powers like the communist regime was after these churches to completely destroy them. And I was there as a witness when churches in one week about 700 churches were closed by the, the government in one week in South Ethiopia. And we thought that would be the end of it. But now we have in that church body more than 10 million Christians and continue wow. to spread and even send their missionaries here in our country in the United States. So the Lord uh, is not panicking in heaven. He has a plan for That's all right. of us. So we need to continue really look beyond the current circumstance and use it so that the Lord will bless our move and expand his kingdom. Hardship fosters mission growth. Yeah. Yared, thank you. I, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of the, um, how, how fire used to be built and actually still is built. If you think about it, it's, it's the friction of two surfaces that create a spark that then becomes a fire. And it it's always begins in a way that, that, that is a friction, right? That's, that's a challenge. It's something that is, that's hard to do or it comes out of something that is hard and a challenge and, and becomes a spark that can then ignite a fire. Yeah, exactly. And when we see the scripture, uh, Acts chapter eight, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And that might be, you know, for some people, the end of the game. Yeah, it was it was a great persecution, but you you know the story after Acts chapter eight. You know after Acts chapter nine. You know Acts mm -hmm. chapter ten. You know till the end of the story in, in in the book of Acts, it wasn't persecution, hardship, affliction wasn't the last word mm -hmm. in those stories. Multiplication after multiplications, in the midst of all this those challenges. So. Just a word of encouragement for us. Uh, Satan might uh, 
tell some of our congregations, district, even church body, Christians that this is, this is it. But we, we can see beyond this by the grace of God and continue to uh, use this opportunity to multiply and learn new skills to do the mm -hmm. things of God because our God has been always faithful and he continued to tell us the ways to do things and um, he laid out some of those things historically for us. We can learn a lot from those, those uh, churches uh, outside of the United States or from the scripture or from our history, but um, we have a great ally in the Lord and his people to move on. So I just uh, want to be an encouraging voice this morning, um, some places, maybe this afternoon here, and uh, we'd like to see how the conversation goes. Thank you and God bless you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for giving us that insight. We really need it at this time. It makes me think again of that great promise to Abraham at the very beginning, that through you, I will be a blessing, right? That we're called with the good news of Jesus to continue to focus on being a blessing instead of just seeking a blessing. Um, and, and it's not always easy to just, you know, it doesn't just sort of drop out of the sky and we suddenly understand what it is that we should do, but the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us to sort that out as we go. And we're in one of those moments where we get to do that. And it's not just, you know, mission execs all over the Northwest, all over the United States, all over the world. It's God's people living where they are, doing what they do. So thank you. Thank you very much, Jared. Let's let's move to Chris. And again, the reminder here is that we're recording this, hoping to share this with a larger audience than the audience that we have here. We have permission from every, everybody who is a part of this to do so. Uh, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us just a little bit about who you are, where you are, and then let's let's jump right into those four questions that the uh, the name group sent to you. Yep. My name is Chris Pavlov. Thank you guys for uh, having me on the call here today. It's good cool. to, to meet some of you and see faces that I've heard your names before and finally <laughs> see pair of the face of the name. Um, I am a church planter here in the St. Louis area, just inside the inner belt of St. Louis in a city called University City, really close, just north of the seminary, actually. And uh, we've made it our mission to be a church as diverse as the city we serve. And I uh, it's one of those values you, you kind of say it in the beginning and then in changing times, it always <laughs> takes on new meaning. Um, I'm also bivocational. I work uh, with uh, the Lutheran Hour Ministries on their thread team. Um, and uh, that's kind of been my MO since we started here. And um, So you're uh, sewing garments or what's what's the deal? Thread team? <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So thread is the online digital <laughs> outreach initiative of Good. the Lutheran Hour Ministries. And cool. in particular, I've got a YouTube channel uh, called What Jesus Says About. And the whole premise is where Jesus speaks for himself so you can respond for yourself. And nice. uh, that's, my, that's my gig right now. And it's, uh, it's been awesome. It's been a great, uh, the, the two ministries really, each one sharpens uh, the other. And um, yeah, also of note, All Nations Church, uh, we have a little bit of a different style of ministry. We gather as a large group on the last Sunday of the month, right here in the building behind me. And then on the Sundays in between, we gather for church in homes, in, in, in small groups, in homes and coffee shops around the city. And so we're kind of this hybrid house church, large group model. And so what's been interesting for us is uh, our people, we've been able to pivot very quickly uh, been able to pivot very quickly into going, okay, well, church in our living room. Well, we've been doing this a long time, and uh, this feels like very natural to us. And so um, 
I, in some ways, I feel like uh, this, there's a little bit of a muscle memory in place for, for our folks that nice. has been great to build on. And I think that's some of the learnings and, and insights that I, at least uh, some of the mistakes that we've made and some of the things we've learned along the way, I'm happy to share with folks today. Good. Glad you're with us, Chris. Just a note, your mic is working great. It's rubbing on your um, collar right there. And so we're all, we're, we're just picking up it up, rubbing on your collar. So, so if you hold it or whatnot, but it, it's working great. We hear you wonderfully. I'll try my best to lean forward. Yeah. So, you know, we can, we can go at this however you want to, but you, you have four questions from the team. The first one is uh, how does the church equip lay leaders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll answer each of these quick. Some of them I have uh, uh, images that I'll share on the screen as well. I'll, I'll try to be as quick about that as possible. Nice. Um, four ways that we've done this, and I'll just, this is descriptive, not, not prescriptive by any means, um, but four ways that we've done this uh, and, and some of this is God's providence ahead of time. Um, the first one is, is that we, um, we did uh, something called uh, 40 days of prayer. And we started this with the beginning of Lent not knowing that all of these changes that were going to be happening. But one of the aspects of the 40 days of prayer is I had a different church leader every day um, sign up to take one of those days and, um, and, and lead and made them a, an editor on our Facebook page. So they get on at 7 a.m. with their iPad, their laptop, their iPhone, and they lead three minutes of prayer and take prayer requests in behalf of the church. Mm-hmm. And what's been fascinating is that that started in, you know, like I think it's been a really powerful thing for our church to do to have these daily prayers. But for me as a church leader, watching these other leaders in the church pray about the needs of the coronavirus in behalf of the church and become spokesmen um, has been awesome. And so one of the things I would highly, highly encourage you is to recruit your lay leaders, recruit your church members to become um, representatives of the church from their living room. And, and yeah. social media allows us to do that. You don't have to be the guy anymore. You don't have to be the one doing everything. Equip and empower them. It takes 20 minutes to train them to do something like leading a prayer. Here's the parameters. Here's what to say, what not to say. And let each person, and all of a sudden the church is, is the, the living room becomes the epicenter of the church once again. And, and, and all of a sudden we're able to see each other's faces and not just the pastor's face. And it's a way of galvanizing the church. It's been remarkable. I, I didn't, I didn't plan on it. It makes us look smarter than we really were, but I, I would highly, highly encourage you to get six of your people or seven of your people and ask them to lead daily prayers. Uh, wonder, it, it doesn't have to be limited to Sunday morning. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to blast through three more, and then uh, I'll pause there. And, let and you you're guys. just, when you say daily prayers again, are you talking about like a live Facebook live thing? or yeah. Yes, thank you. Okay. Yep, yep. So they log okay. on as an editor on the Facebook page, press go live, and start praying. And uh, we yep. have a script that we have them go through and everything like that. Welcome people. What are we praying about? Type in your prayer yeah. request. Got to go. Um, yeah. Then your mic uh, is still your mic is still banging on your collar, buddy. All right, I'll hold it up. Like, <laughs> I'll hold it up like this. Maybe that'll help. Um, that's, then then that's the other three better. things. Yeah. Thanks. Good. 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 Uh, the other three things is uh, worship service participants. Um, you, everyone's learning how to Zoom. Everyone's learning how to Facebook Live or use OBS or church streaming software. Um, it, it's it's a little clunky to have people uh, Skype in or Zoom in as participants in the worship service. And whether you do worship in a living room or in your sanctuary, I, I, I personally would recommend people do it from the living room. Um, but uh, it, get a pre-recorded 
get a pre-recorded uh, iPhone video of your of your elders reading the scripture for the day. Get a pre-recorded uh, iPhone video of your worship leader singing a cappella, and put that into your live stream. It is an awesome opportunity for people to continue to use their gifts uh, and 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 again see new faces, not just your face. Because if this is not just a snowstorm, if this is not just a winter, if this becomes mm-hmm. an ice age for us, yep. um, we are going to need to see each other's faces and not just our own face. Uh, the third thing then is uh, a really simple thing. If you're doing a live stream on Facebook Live or on church streaming or on whatever your software or your platform is, ask one of your uh, techie people, ask one of your Facebook, one of your moms who's like posting six times a day on Facebook, Ask them to be a moderator, make them an editor on your Facebook page, and then teach yeah. them like the questions you want them to do, responding to people so that you're not typing while you're, you're interacting with the live stream. And they're saying, any prayer requests? Thank you. Great point. You know, like they're doing all the things. Share and tag your friends and, you know, all those yeah. kind of things. Hit, hit like, smash the hearts. Um, yeah. All of those things that, that you could, should be doing, uh, but you can't because you're interacting with the live stream. Equip somebody else to engage in that way. Uh, and then the fourth thing uh, that I'm and just really... so just a moment though, because yeah, yeah. you're you're moving quickly, and I just want to kind of double down on what you just what, shared. You you're told talking... me five minutes, so I'm trying to. Yeah, blast no, 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 no. <laughs> actually, no. That was Jared. So you've got twenty. Let me. So I'm sorry, you got at least yeah. twenty. Want to go longer? That's fine. Okay. Um, but uh, so you you were just talking about. Uh, finding someone who's gifted. And mm-hmm. I think that's so critical in everything you're sharing. I'm, one of the things I'm hearing is it's identifying that God has created his body with all these gifts and, and just finding folks that have the gifts to help support in new ways, especially when it comes to the social media stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, uh, just, you've already got leadership in place. It's almost a way of reverse engineering it and going, well, how can these leaders do their thing leveraging technology so it's not just sunday morning it's not yeah. just the pastor and 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 i i get it we I, I believe and i affirm in the role of the pastor and the importance of the pastor but in this season we've we've got to um, we've got to um, equip others and get multifaceted in the face of the ministry yeah. um and then the fourth thing that i'm really proud of and that i think any church could be doing uh, and this gets to kind of piggybacking of what you were just saying um is on Wednesdays at 11 a.m., we, we kind of recognized, okay, it's hard to do children's ministry and church and a Bible study on Sunday morning. And so what we did is we said, well, let's have a Wednesday at 11 o'clock children's uh, church for all kids live stream using our youth and family director. And it's just an hour. And how many families are sitting around right now wanting tools and wanting activities for their kids and so this is a great opportunity for us to, to meet people when and where they need it most. And so let me share this screen real quick of what we came up with. But this is, this is what it looks like for us. And we just said, okay, well, let's, let's do this and let's get creative. Nice. And uh, it's been, um, you know, and so this is our first go at it. And we're going to try it tomorrow morning. But I imagine if you've watched Mo Williams or any other children's activities, uh, children's mindfulness stuff on YouTube, kids are going to gather around and, and still, and, and their spiritual growth matters. But, but what is one of the benefits of this for me is we're again, equipping parents and we're, we're, we're making the household the epicenter of faith and allowing parents to train their children in the way that you go, which I nice. talked about. So, so, and the screen you just shared with us for the folks that may end up not being able to see the visual, it's just said church for all kids. And it's a, it's, you're doing this on Facebook. Is that right? Yep. Yep. We're okay. doing it on Facebook. Yeah. Right on. 
cool. You know, it makes, as you're talking about this, it made me think of a metaphor I just heard Alan Hirsch share. It's this, the picture of the chessboard. And um, when they're, when they're training new, new students of the game of chess, often they take the queen out of the game because the queen is so powerful and you learn how to play, you learn how to play chess without the queen um, until you get good at the game. And so that you can learn how to use all the other pieces And the metaphor for us then is, is, you know, for us Sunday, Sunday morning, the Sunday morning event, it, it sometimes feels or acts like, you know, it's the most powerful thing on the, on the board, right? It's that moment. And, and all of a sudden we're at a time when we're facing an actual, for many of us, we can't gather anymore on a Sunday morning. So what does it look like then suddenly to pay attention to all the other pieces on the, on the board that were given in the church, you know? And so I'm hearing you describe that. And, and I think that's a great metaphor for us as we go forward, forward in this conversation thinking about that that chessboard and all the different pieces that God has given the church the body of Christ to carry out his good news mission so I'll throw it right back at you what is that second question how how can existing churches multiply multiply rather they can serve resources how does that play out in your mind yeah yeah so again I'll just describe what we're doing I think there's a lot of great ideas I see out there right now um, a lot of you know different churches trying different things I'll just describe two of the things that we're doing that I think anyone can be doing um, you know whether I, I saw some churches are trying drive-in Easter or trying to figure out if that's even legal anymore <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and if they want to roll the dice on the um, the weather and all that but um, can I have a rocky road blizzard with that please yeah <laughs> exactly um, so we, uh, two things that, that we're really doing, and I think this is important. And one of them, this is uh, some of the stuff I've learned from Lutheran Hour and Thread and just spending the last three years being a digital missionary, is that Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are actually not built to be missional tools. And what I mean by that is if, if, I, if I post a, a beautiful quote, or if I take my pastor's sermon and I share it on Facebook, Facebook algorithm is designed to only show you content that you like and that you enjoy. And so this is a dilemma initially when, when churches are like, Oh, we want to be online outreach and we're just going to share, share, share. Well, and five people are liking it. And it's the same five people in the (laughs) church. You're like, well, are we reaching anyone? And the answer is no, you're not because Facebook algorithm wants to keep you happy. It wants to keep you engaged and it's going to show you content that you're going to interact with. Um, And so what we started doing with our people is instead of saying, share this post is tag a friend in this post that you think would be blessed by it. And I, I mean, that has been like this key learning for us over and and I think everyone can be doing this. Mm -hmm. So if you have a message that you think your non-Christian friend can be hearing right now, don't share it with your friend, tag your friend and be careful. If you say in the, actually, if you say in the post, T-A-G, if you type the word tag in the post, Facebook will throttle that and put a governor on that and not show it to people because they don't want spam. So the, so you have to get creative in the way you say it. And so you're, you're saying things like, um, don't say tag a friend. You're, you're saying, hey, uh, co- leave a friend or comment with a friend's name that you think <laughs> would enjoy this. But don't use that word tag because if you do, I love it. Facebook punishes it. And we're it's- just trying to... We're trying to weasel our way around the Facebook algorithm. It's, uh, but it's, 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 it, it works. Facebook hacks by Chris. By Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And so um, if you have a, an event coming up, if you have a live stream coming up, tell your people in a separate conversation or send an email or send a text message and say, 
in the comments section, tag a friend that, that you want to, to see this information or tag three friends, boom. Now they're going to definitely see it. Now those eyeballs will see it. And they know that person they want to, to you know, that person cool. who's like on the fence. Uh, the second thing that we've done is, um, it, it, and just it's recognizing what's going on. I don't know about in your communities, but in our community, uh, people are walking more. And it's, it's, it's crazy. I look out my window and I'm seeing all these people walking. They're still in social isolation and they're still yeah. quarantined, but they're going for a walk getting their vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they're just trying to get their exercise and get, get out of the house a little bit. And so I think just like people can tag their posts on social media, I think people can tag their homes. And, uh, you know, I've seen communities do things like um, having sidewalk chalk theme days where like this day is, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, decorate your driveway and chalk for St. Patrick's Day or for April Fool's, write jokes and sidewalk chalk on your sidewalk. But you can do the same thing for your church and say, hey, just as people are walking by, leave, a, leave an encouraging verse or leave an encouraging nice. quote or leave a, leave a um, sidewalk chalk with a, a joke, you know, for April mm. Fool's Day and get people in the habit of seeing that sidewalk chalk. So when Easter comes around, you can also say, join us at www.easteratthome.net. And we, that's what we bought is easteratthome.net um, and East, uh, homeforeaster.com. We bought cool. those and, and we're redirecting them to our live stream and to our website, but put that on people on the sidewalk. People are walking or looking down. They're going to come across something that says easteratthome.net. They're going to check it out, man. Um, and, and then another way to tag their home, and we just bought this and I'll, I'll share this screen real quick. Uh, we just bought uh, 40 of these. Uh, yard signs celebrate nice. easter at home.net with us and and uh, i'm driving around this week and delivering these uh, and putting them in the yards of all of our people this week and they're going to have it in front of their house um and for all these people who are driving by or in most cases walking by you see that now you're again remember social media is yeah. going to limit what you're seeing so if you're not somebody who's typing jesus and church and bible in your social media posts facebook doesn't think you'll enjoy that so they're not going to see your advertisement from your church unless you pay for it or unless they get tagged in a post but they walk by your home they're going to see that instant billboard right there and uh it was so inexpensive to it to and such an easy way to equip people and so on yeah. our website we have a sign up form for that Chris, this is, I mean, it just strikes me that you have very quickly moved past um, looking at this as a challenge or obstacle that gets in the way. Right. And it's, it's something that you're using as a launch, almost like a stepping stone to continue to share the good news of Jesus, which is a diff- it's a, it's a mindset change. It's, it's, it's all that. It makes me think of, you know, uh, if anyone's ever followed um, uh, judo, uh, or or uh, some of the other um, types of martial arts where instead of just using your own force against somebody you 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 someone's coming at you and you take that force and all of the stuff all the obstacle that's coming at you 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 learn how to you learn how to roll with it right and then all of a sudden you, you become it, it changes the entire flow of the dynamic of what's going on and that's exactly what I see you talking about it's this isn't this isn't an obstacle this is actually this is actually a launching pad to to share the good news of Jesus in new ways that that maybe we've never thought of before. And I think some of this is goes. I'm grateful for being a church planter, frankly, because the every 
day as a church planner, you're pivoting and adjusting your plans. You're like, oh, we don't have a building. Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it, it, you're constantly adjusting. And oh, we don't have microphones today. What are we going to do? And so, um, yeah. And I appreciate the reading that we had to start us today with with Acts eight or the, the reference to Acts eight. Yes. I think the diaspora. Mm-hmm. was a blessing in disguise and the church exploded because of it. And I think, I think we'll see some growth as well if we harness the, the energy, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, take us through that next question. Question number three about resources. You've been talking about this a little bit already, but what permissions and resources do lay leaders need as we're facing COVID-19? Yeah. Yeah. So I think two things is that if I'm, if I'm a leader of a church, I think educate and equip those, are the, those are the two things right now that are, that are needed. Um, so educating people on how to do, um, to use this time, you know, like some of the things we've been talking about. Also, just having a live stream is not enough. And we created a document. Um, I'll show it here. And if, if, if it's not legible, you let me know. But we started to describe what is a high engagement live stream and what is a low engagement live stream. And I talked with, you know, obviously pastors, we're all talking to each other. We're all on Facebook groups together. Yeah. We're all texting and stuff, trying to figure this out. And I put this together because I've seen bad live streams, frankly, <laughs> and I've seen good ones. And I, I you and me together. both. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and there's a difference. There is a dramatic difference between a high engagement and a low engagement live stream. And, yeah. and it's, and it's, it's, we have to reverse engineer the way we conduct a worship service on a live stream because the medium is different. And to use a little bit of a metaphor, uh, the first TV commercial in 1941, mm. the first TV commercial was a, a Belova watch company and there was a newspaper ad and they took a video camera and pointed at the newspaper ad and said, <laughs> you know, yeah. Hey, look at this, uh, look at this watch. Isn't it great? And it was a 10 second ad. And that was the first commercial ever in the history of ever. Um, and they made the mistake of assuming what works in one medium yep. also works in another medium. That what creates high engagement in one medium would also create high engagement in another medium. And we cannot point a camera at a church service and assume that it will create high engagement on a live stream. It works yeah. in a room, but on a live stream, that text message pops up, that email notification pops up, that that no- Facebook notification pops up, and they're going to start looking at other things because they can. And they'll have you on in the background, but that's low engagement. We want right. high engagement. So we got to think about how to do this. So I created this little chart. Um, double click it here. I uh, don't know if you guys, can you see that? Nice. Yeah, yep, I can see it. Great. Okay. So I'll, I'll just blast through this real quick. Um, so you've got two columns. You've got a low engagement column and a high engagement column, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and I can share this later on if you want to add as a PDF or something, but and a low engagement servant is designed for a large room. And of course you're, 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 you're speaking to a room of people and you're not looking at the camera. You're speaking to a room of people. And, 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 and so a live stream where you're speaking to an empty room, um, and, and far away up on the stage will, will create the atmosphere instantly of low engagement. They're thinking, I'm not a part of this. A high engagement one is designed for the individual. Um, and I, I would say it this way, a, a live stream of a worship service is not the same as a worship service for a live stream. And whatever style of worship you have, uh, high church, liturgical, confessional, all the way, or if you're like, you know, small group meeting in homes, you know, organic kind of church, you know, uh, whatever, some Alan Hirsch kind of thing, whatever style of ministry you use, 
these yeah. principles still apply. And again, this is descriptive, not prescriptive, but I'm telling you, go back to your live feed. And if you feel like people aren't interacting the way they could be, if you're not having 200, 300 comments for, uh, or, or it, 10 times the comments to viewers, then you have a low engagement live stream. Um, yeah. The other one, uh, a low engagement one is just church as usual. A high engagement live stream is church that's unique. It's a unique experience that you can't replicate in a large room. Um, a low engagement live stream greets, greets everyone that's, that's viewing. Hey, live stream uh, viewers, we're so glad you're here. Let's begin with worship. A high engagement one says, hey, Kathy. Hey, Narisha, so glad to see you. Martha, I, oh, you're out of the hospital. Great to see you. Thanks for joining in. Hey, guys, type in. Where are you checking? Where are you watching us from? You know, all the, Who's with you? And you're greeting people by name. That's high engagement instantly. And they're saying, good morning, pastor, you know, all those kind of things. So Chris, um, for yeah, the ahead. people for the people that might push back <laughs> against this, I'm just thinking of the Lord, okay, mm -hmm. right now. And, okay. and the Lord thinks of us by name, right? He knows right. us by name. That's good. He speaks to us individually. He cares about us uniquely for who we are as his unique creations. And, and so we have, you're, you're describing to us a technology that allows us to do that in, in that way, right? More yes. than we are used to. And so I just kind of, for I recognize that um, for folks that might be listening to this down the road, there are different layers of engagement with how to get this done. And I, so I'm thankful for you sharing us, kind of walking us through the steps. Start wherever you are and sort of take what yes. you can from Chris. But yes. the picture here for me is that, the big picture is that we have um, a medium that's a new medium that you're describing. It's not mm -hmm. so new to some of us anymore, like my kids, right? right? right. Uh, but it's a new medium for others that that allows us to know people by name and to address them by name and to really be more uniquely engaged with them, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the other thing I would say is if this is, this feels foreign to your, if you're running through the divine service too, which I embrace, I, 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 mm -hmm. I, I love it. I, I still use it, you know? Think of the opening. Think of the greeting as the narthex. Mm. Think of it as the as the as the as the foyer of your church, and you're out in the in the lobby or whatever you, the term you use, and you're welcoming people. It, you're the greeter at the door. You haven't started church yet. You haven't gone to and done the confession absolution yet. This is just the beginning, right? Yeah. Then go through your invocation and your confession absolution and start the. Think of this as like the pre-service stuff. Uh, you know, the, it just don't think of this as Press go, start the worship service. Think of this as the narthex. Okay. Um, cool. Going through this, don't do monologues, do dialogues. And we'll get into that in a section. Um, don't open with a speech, open with an icebreaker. The icebreaker this last weekend that we did in our, our live stream and Facebook was super jacked up this weekend for thousands of churches across the country. But, um, <laughs> and, and there's reasons behind that. And we put a mitigation plan in place. But um, our icebreaker this weekend was on a scale of one to five, how, uh, one being not at all, five being total lockdown. What was your week like? A three, a five, a four? Type in your answer. And it was just instant. Yeah. And the Facebook algorithm goes, oh, people are commenting on this. And they're going to boost it in people's live stream because it's an active, high engagement live stream. Yeah. And so it, it, all of these things work towards the algorithm, by the way. Um, I would encourage people to get on a chair, not a stage. Um, so, And I had a, 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 um, uh, one of our leaders read a section of scripture but after you read a section of scripture, ask them, hey, what word or phrase stands out to you in that? Or when you find yourself in the same situation, how do you respond? Or how would you pray? Do you pray for freedom or do you pray for strength? You know, like, and mm -hmm. so ask people to respond to the scripture readings. Don't just read it. Um, when you give a sermon, don't just give a sermon. Pause and say, okay, so 
here's what I'm saying right now. And I know that some of you are leaving and you're, you're new to the faith or you're not sure about this whole Jesus thing, or you're, you're, you've been a part of the church for a long time. So when you hear this story from the biography of Jesus, uh, what kind of reaction do you have? Like, or where would you be in the crowd that was following Jesus? Would you be right up there? Or would you be in the back with your arms crossed? Where would you type in your, I want to just to know, kind of take the temperature of the room. How would you guys put in yourself in that situation? So you're taking yeah. the sermon and you're just pausing for an interactive moment and think creatively, look at your sermon and go, where can I pause and ask for feedback? So you're, again, you're talking about, there's a couple of things going on here, right? You're describing the mindset of the preacher being, moving to a more interactive dialogic approach with mm-hmm. the people through the media. And then uh, there's another piece and you're not talking about it much, but you have, you've got to have people who are helping you with this live stream, pay attention to what's going on, right? You, you said that earlier. Yes. Yeah. You've right? got to have a moderator rocking on it. Yep. Okay. Cool. Let's say, Hey, so we, now we're finally at the five minute mark. So you got another about five minutes. We want to stay focused on what we're doing here. So that fourth question, practical suggestions for sharing Easter message with neighbors. Yeah. So um, I I would actually take this question a different, um, I think this is kind of what you're saying, Um, but getting, I think it's so important for, for us to go, okay. And I think most of us are doing this, but just as a, as a, as a caveat, I think we have to look at the Easter account and we have to look at the Holy Week account, the Passion accounts through the lens of the coronavirus and social isolation. And I, I want to write the Easter message already, mm-hmm. but I, I think the temperature come April 6th <laughs> might be completely different. We might be yeah. dealing with a lot of mourning and grief, or we might be dealing with a lot of like cabin fever and people like getting really rebellious with the social mm-hmm. isolation thing. And so I, I, I don't think we can write our messages too far in advance right now. It is such an word of the day iterative process where it's just constantly evolving and changing and stuff. Well, you're talking about what a good pastor should be doing, which is paying attention to his people, right? And what, where they actually are, not where they were last week, but where they are this week, maybe today. Amen. Amen. And I think, um, you know, as, um, as I started thinking about Easter, I've got a message in my mind of where I think I'm going to go. But when I think about the Easter count and I hold up, look at it through the lens of social isolation, I go, okay, well, the disciples after the resurrection were hiding behind closed doors and locked doors in intense isolation and self-quarantine for the fear of the Jews. And yet because of the resurrection Jesus appears and crosses every threshold, not just their walls, but even the threshold of death and stands among them. And they find peace in the middle of all their fears and all their anxieties. They find peace because of his presence. And it's not because all of a sudden their, their, the, the, the risk was mitigated. It's not all of a sudden because all of the, the Jews started loving them, but in the midst of their fear, in the midst of all of those, of that danger and, and the risk of their own lives, the risen Jesus was with them and they had peace. And I'm sitting here going, boom, you know, like I'm ready to preach this. Let's go. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know. Come April 6th, come April 11th. This is, this the right message. So I have to wait, you know? Um, But that's just one example of going, okay, well, what does it look like to look at the Easter account through this lens? And, and any pastor who wants to steal away at that, have at it. I don't, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's an account and, um, and use it if it blesses your people. But anyway, the, the point remains. Well, isn't it always the case that, you know, our situations 
rarely change immediately or, or we're, you know, we're often stuck in situations, mm-hmm. but, but the Lord by his presence changes them just by being there. So I think you're, Amen. you're giving us good news right there. And, and that can play out in a variety of ways for us and for preachers going forward. So just for people on the ground who might be listening to this, what does it look like to share that good news Easter message with your neighbors? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's the things we talked about, tagging your posts, tagging your home, tagging your sidewalk. Uh, another really simple thing you can do, and I, I love this, is create a playlist on Spotify or create a playlist on mm. YouTube and share it with yeah. your friends, a playlist of hope and say, hey, I want this. These are songs that are encouraging me right now and, and put it out there. Or if you don't, if you have somebody who is not quite doesn't want to do like a, a, a Facebook live video have them create a post that says, how can I pray for you? And watch it explode. Yep. And, and, and people will respond. And, and that's a, another simple way that people can share hope and share good news in a time when and where people need it the most. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, I think people, I think this is a time to leverage creativity and leverage permission. And, and I think just telling people, hey, to get creative is all the permission they'll need from, from mm-hmm. our church leaders to do that. That's powerful. Chris, I want to thank you for just kind of showing up and just downloading. We got a ton of stuff from you right now. <laughs> so Sorry, man. I'm going to, this is great. No, this is so good. And I'm going to bring in um, three other guys. We're going to have a very brief kind of panel discussion. This is one of those best practices things for online um, gatherings. And then we'll open it up to everybody. But before we do any of that, just give us one thing that the We've got about, we've got 29 participants on the call with us right now. Just give us one thing that we can be praying about for you, um, you know, today or, or this coming week. Now, when you're in mission ministry and you're in a community where the needs outweigh the means, uh, this is a scary time for us because we rely on the generosity of a lot of people and um, people who don't go to our church. And I think everyone's feeling that everyone's kind of, and I've got, I just need to remind myself cattle on a thousand hills are his. And, um, and I think, I I think, um, I just think the, the resources in the future, just that God would, um, continue to bless us as he had. And I think every church has the same prayer, frankly. I know it doesn't matter if you're a large established ministry. I know that people are sitting there going, Oh my goodness, attendance Mm -hmm. and giving and what are (laughs) <laughs> what yep. are we doing? And uh, just to have that peace and trust in Jesus right now that he's going to provide for us. So I'm hearing a little, some anxiety that's connected to that. And thanks for being, for, for sure. thanks for being real. Yep. So before I hand off, I'm going to say a prayer for you right now on behalf of all gathered here, thanks. Lord, for Chris and for actually for all of the leaders um, who are um, suddenly facing so many changes and particularly uh, where, just where the funds are going to come from to help support ministry. We pray for two things, that you would continue to bless the ministries so that they can do what you've called them to do. And we pray that you would uh, guard their hearts against the anxiety that, that props up, Lord. Remind them in those moments through your Holy Spirit, and especially for Chris, uh, that you are the one who knows the thousand hills and a thousand cattle on those thousand hills. You know the name of the sparrow that falls. And so you, if you know that, then you know what we need. We pray that blessing on Chris and the other leaders right now. So we've got Bill, we've got Peter, and we've got William, and we're just going to spend five, 10 minutes responding, and then we'll open it up to everybody. And so let's do this. Uh, we'll just go from, from Bill to Peter and, and then to William and just share who you are, where you are briefly, 
and what you're up to, and then we'll we'll kind of have a conversation with Chris. So, Bill, you're up. Unless he stepped out to you know go get more coffee. There he is. Bill. Bill Geis. Yes. Hey Doc, how are you, man? <laughs> You're good, Chris. Yeah. Well, you go, go, William. You tell us who you are and where you are. Sure thing. Uh, William Utech, uh, mission executive for the Minnesota South District. Uh, sentenced to stay at home since last Tuesday. Um, my wife is a uh, family physician. She goes in harm way, harm's way every day. So please pray for her. Pray for us. Uh, been spending my time recently uh, just phoning uh, pastors in our district and uh, checking in on them to see how 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 they're doing, how their congregations are doing, how their families are doing, uh, and and trying to learn from them uh, if they've figured out some ways to engage the congregation with the gospel uh, that doesn't require more than ten people being in a room at a time, uh, and if they found out ways to engage uh, the community of. Uh, really appreciate, Chris, all you're doing with technology. I have to tell you that I've been phoning with pastors who are out in the middle of nowhere, mm. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they're, not, they're not where uh, All Nations Church is yet. I don't know mm. if they'll ever be, but they, uh, they are like uh, planting phone trees that, uh, so everybody in the congregation gets a, uh, a message from somebody in the congregation, which involves lay people, which I think is, is a, a great way to go forward because there's not enough pastor to go around. Right. Uh, uh, and we found that people that are, uh, actually they're organizing to go, you know, there's not many places that are open anymore, but there are a few places that are. Um, most of them in our district are called Walmart. <laughs> in our district, they're called Costco. <laughs> we, have, we have congregations who are organizing people just to go out and say thank you to these poor overworked Walmart workers. Hmm. And uh, that makes an impact in a community. Uh, so uh, 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 a few years ago, while I was still down in St. Louis, uh, 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 when it was still St. John Ellisville, Dion preached a, 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 a sermon that talked about how we live as Christians. And I, I always remember his three points. You know, if, if Christian leaders can live like there's plenty, that rubs off on everybody else. If Christian leaders can live like mercy is power, that rubs off on everybody. Everyone learns how to, how to be merciful from their leader and if we live like God is with us and for us, um, that rubs off on others as well. So uh, got a lot to learn, and uh, thanks for uh, hanging in there. Thank you, Chris, for all you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Thank, thanks for being with us, William, and, and those are good insights for us. I think that's one of the, the things we need to attend to is we have folks of all kinds of uh, sizes of congregations and and all kinds of challenges that they're facing. What does that look like? Uh, Peter, why don't you jump in and tell us who you are and where you are and, and uh, just give us a quick, some quick feedback, just like William did. 
Sure. Thanks, Dust, and thanks, Chris. Thanks, William, and everybody who's on today. Um, Peter Meyer, and um, I'm I'm new to the Florida Georgia district, so I I moved down here at the beginning of February, and my calendar was full of uh, on uh, on the road meeting times with uh, pastors and circuits and everything and. So just like everybody else, all of a sudden, my world has completely changed. I have really appreciated uh, Zoom and the phone and, uh, you know, opportunities to connect like that. And I think for our churches, um, and you guys are doing the same thing now. So I think for our churches, that is just a reminder that God has blessed us with what we need and the resources we need for this time. I mean, we have people we have technology. Uh, yeah, there are challenges with it all, but how can we engage people in the mission of God? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like in our communities? Or what does that look like where we serve? Uh, you know, Yara's example from Africa, how beautiful that is. You know, God knows what he's doing. And sometimes he puts us in positions where we have to be creative and we have to think uh, outside of our box in order to reach more people? Uh, how do we look beyond the immediate challenge of our circumstance and say, God, you know, you've got this now. Give me some clarity, um, you know, to share this. And how can this foster mission growth? I think for me as a leader, or for all of us as leaders, one of the ways we have to really think, it is a time to think what is essential for mission? What is essential uh, for our ministry? And as mission leaders, uh, I'm not just talking here as pastors and churches, but I'm talking as mission leaders, what is essential for us to communicate at this time regarding mission? and regarding God's purpose for the church. And you know how that looks will be different wherever we are. Will it be house churches? Will it be you know networks of house churches, missional communities, micro churches, you know, whatever, however that looks, we as leaders need to communicate what's essential. And then we got to give permission so that people can experiment. Like Chris said, be creative. How can we as the leaders give that permission? Um, I think that's that's a really, really important thing. And Chris mentioned that too, permission to be creative. So that is a that's a big deal, I think. And then I like what you said, uh, Chris, you know, just doing live stream isn't enough. I mentioned uh, before a lot of people tuned in. We watch more church on Sunday morning than we ever go to church on Sunday morning. And some of it was, you know, pretty good. And some of it was uh, not so good. And everybody's trying, everybody's experimenting, but maybe as the leaders, our role is to, first of all, encourage those who are at least trying it, yep. and then to give them some of the, uh, I like that, the chart, maybe you could make that little chart available to all of us, Chris. Yeah, I'll, I'll give all the documents that I have, yeah. Cool. Yeah, send it in and Paul can distribute it. But, you know, to share that in our districts, the difference between high and low engagement live streaming, I think mm -hmm. that's really, yeah. really huge. Um, yeah, that was a great reminder, just that it's a different medium, that, that yeah. it's yeah. like, you know, it's like walking on land or swimming in water. You know, you don't walk in water, you swim in the water. And, yep. and so paying attention to what medium you're in really matters. 
Um, I'm going to jump very quickly then to Bill. And Bill, there's no question on the table right now. Just introduce yourself and 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 kind of where you are, and um, and then I do have a question for the three of you and for Chris. Sure, uh, Bill Geis. I'm with the Missouri District. Uh, I'm sort of the utility infielder for uh, missions, congregational services for 290 congregations, um, and um, what. You know, what I've been in the midst of, of doing essentially is probably for the past two or three weeks trying to give permission. I, I think, um, and I had to do that gently because I'm not the district president, I'm not synodical voice, I'm I'm an assistant. But I, I think um, our churches needed to be proactive and get ahead of this. And so some churches are really wrestling uh, initially with just the whole idea of, of ceasing assemblies and worship. Um, and uh, one guy described it to me this way. He said, we had a two-hour meeting. We spent an hour and 50 minutes debating whether we should cancel worship or not. And then once we did decide to cancel worship, we had 10 minutes to figure out what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I've probably spent the past two weeks helping people try to make that, that shift rather quickly and say, it's okay to stop assembling. And how do we engage people uh, effectively with what we got it doesn't have to be high tech, but it has to be high touch. And I think I heard that all over what Chris was saying uh, mm -hmm. to us today. Uh, and that's what the church has always been. It's been high touch. And so whether you're making phone calls or you're emailing or you're texting uh, and you're engaging your, your people, um, that high touch world is, is what I'm trying to empower and say to pastors, turn your lay people loose on this and just give them lots of permission to say, go and make it happen um, uh, by, by touching people uh, in appropriate ways and, and not trying to figure out just how we're going to cope with um, how to do church with a limit of 10 people or something like that. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. This So um, we can go lots of different ways here. I want to take us... Um, Away from just specifics, I want to take us briefly just into mindset, because I think that that's a big part of what I'm struggling with. Um, if you're honest to where you are, my guess is that this this just change in in everything that's going on in our lives and, and how it's affected by how we face it really matters. Um, you know, it, we're acting, uh, many of us, like this is a sprint and we're going to come out of it. And Lord willing, that's our hope, right? That it would. But um, I'd like to suggest that we should be preparing for it to be more like a marathon. It being not just a virus that affects us and, and causes great harm um, to those we love and people we know, but also in a longer term may have great effects in, it, in the world economy. So instead of thinking of this as a sprint, uh, if we're facing a marathon, if we're facing a really long-term um, challenge, what does it look like to have a mindset that faces that well? And and that's the question for for each of you to answer in your own way. And then we're, then we're going to kind of open it up to just a, a variety of questions that folks have for Chris or what whatever. But Chris, I'll start with you um, with that question. And that's a that's a strong question. Um, Especially when I'm, we're in a season where it's like uh, the ministry is so immediate and so like you're so reactionary to things. It's yep. um, 
Yeah. So the marathon mindset, and I, I read an article that was extremely thought provoking that compared this, you know, we're responding to it like it's a snowstorm and we're running yeah. and getting milk and bread, bread and uh, eggs. And this might be a winter and it might be a small ice age. Mm-hmm. And I think this, I think that, that just being ready for the ongoing domino effect that is going to happen. So for instance, um, like, if a child is six to seven years old and learning to read right now, um, and they're all of a sudden brought away from their classroom, studies have shown that in, you know, in five to 10 years, no matter how much more training they do, they're missing this really formative time of learning how to read conversationally. They'll never be able to recover that because they're getting this gap in education. And we're going to see examples like that of gap of education or gap of consequences. And I think we have to be prepared to meet those kind of challenges when they arise and recognize them. And so I think, um, I, I think it's a, uh, just like we have an open hand when we're, we're talking about blessings and holding on to things. I think, I think we have to have like this poised and ready to, to move and move quickly um, when opportunity arises. Um, th- that's going to be our MO uh, going forward is just to respond quickly um, as needs present themselves. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Um, how about, uh, how about you, um, William? You know, uh, this goes on indefinitely. Uh, the, the home will once again be uh, the primary place where, where uh, Christ is worshiped. Yes. So I think uh, uh, equipping uh, fathers, especially, and uh, parents in general, uh, to be the spiritual heads of the family, uh, like our, like my pastor is doing right now. He 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 emailed out to everybody a a, a pretty straightforward order of worship, mm. uh, complete mm. with Bible reading and discussion questions that we could use in our home, mm. and uh, uh, it it just may be that that uh, that kind of low tech thing has the highest uh, uh, impact on uh, bringing and keeping families together uh, around the the cross of Christ. Uh, To jump on that real quick, uh, Doc, there um, there is a, um, I I put together a small document that I'll share with the group as well, about $350, the equipment you need to create a high quality, you know, audio visual kind of live stream. And I think if I was sitting here going, okay, well, this might be the new normal for six months, I would invest in it (laughs) and you know, getting a nice camera or a nice webcam, getting good lighting and good and good audio is not that hard to do. And it's plug and play kind of applications. And if I was a pastor or a church leader who is like scrambling and last week I was using my, my face cam, like I'm using on my web, on my laptop or my iPhone, I would invest in it because I think being prepared for the the marathon means equipping it. So, yeah. Cool. And <laughs> I was just thinking of the wait times for prime delivery now. So if you can't get it in the next month, maybe there's someone, you know, that can loan you one. <laughs> I just, I don't know about you guys, but I had something on order. I mean, it was just something basic and I, I was, it was supposed to show up last week and now it's, you know, due in two weeks. So this is, this is real. Everything's being affected right now. Hey, there's a, there's a comment here in the chat and I just want to pull it up and then I remind the rest of you that uh, you can throw your questions in the chat box and we'll, we'll get to them here in just a little bit. But um, Vic Belton said, it's critically, critically important that all judgment is suspended for those trying new things that may fall short in some few orthopraxis doxy area of the arena in our opinion. Lots of forgiveness, room, grace is the order of the day. And, and that's a great reminder, Victor. Really appreciate that, that, that um, 
we're in sort of a moment where uh, we need to give one another that freedom in the grace of God and that collegiality with brothers and sisters to support them as they share the good news um, in ways that God has called them to do. And it's unique in different environments because our environments are unique. Um, so how about you, Bill? Jump on and um, just thoughts on the question that I asked about Three the marathon. Quick things about the, the marathon. I, I, I really like... Um, I like the question because uh, I don't see it being anything but a marathon. This is yeah. going to go on. Um, uh, three things. One is coaching. Um, uh, one week ago today, Peter and I had a peer coaching session with each other. Uh, we were in the midst of scrambling on all kinds of change fronts in our offices, but we took time to spend with each other on just uh, some accountability and some strategic questions that we're asking ourselves. Um, I encourage you even among this group to you know, find, a, find a, a buddy and just have a call once a month where, where you're writing down some things and thinking a little bit more proactively, a little bit more long-term than just in the, the tyranny of the urgent. Second thing, uh, and by the way, I, I referred uh, just this week pastors of large churches to coaches uh, for that very reason. I know you're super busy, I would say, but you know, you, you cannot um, miss this opportunity really to have somebody, somebody guide you through that. Second thing is uh, spiritual disciplines. Um, I, I, I think that we cannot deny the fact that biblically speaking, times of pandemic and People who were quarantined as leprous um, had that very um, vivid reality facing them that they were unclean before for their neighbor and before God. And it didn't mean they were without grace, but their separation was a time uh, to uh, hopefully immerse themselves in, in repentance and seeking the Lord's uh, mercy in their life. And, and I think uh, it's really important to schedule your um some routines of spiritual disciplines in your life so that you're able to run this marathon. And, and the third thing is just that I, I've just repositioned my calendar. I, you know, I, I travel all over the state and I have all these appointments by travel. And now I'm just being very intentional that I'm calendaring people into my day uh, that I've got time for people. You know, that comment about spiritual disciplines is so key. i um, I'm thinking of Gary Thomas book, uh, Sacred Pathways. If you haven't uh, got a copy of that or picked that up, I'd encourage you to. Uh, what was freeing about that is he, he really highlights that because we're uniquely made, different people have different ways of experiencing God. So uh, it's not just uh, sit down and, and have your quiet time with the Bible. And that's the only way to do, you know, have, have sacred time with God. It's much more important to identify how God's made you and then to, to live out that experience of God in a variety of ways. And so I highly recommend that. And I agree with you. Spiritual disciplines are, will come to the forefront during this time that we're in. I encourage you to focus on that. Um, so how about you? The last the last speaker in the panel, the Peter, Peter right. he's going to bring it home. Well, I think what, one of the things we have to do, if we're thinking long-term, we have to remember vision. What's God's vision? I just keep saying, what does God want for his church? And how do we make sure we are aligned with the vision? You know, that all the decisions we make, 
have to be, you know, aligned with God's mission so that we, so that people understand why we're doing this, so that we're clear on why we're doing this. And then I think I love, uh, uh, you know, the uh, illustration that Chris gave or the, the point he made that they were able to pivot quickly uh, in a time of crisis because they had some experience with the house church model or the hybrid of it. And I'm thinking, okay, what does that say to the rest of us who maybe are used to Sunday gatherings in large groups, mega or even large, like 50? So um, let's think, let's think marathon and how can we begin positioning ourselves um, to be, um, you know, to have that, uh, maybe that agility or to, to start thinking of church in, in new ways or new ways to us, let's say different ways. And, and part of that is saying families are the key devotional places. This fits in with what Bill said about spiritual disciplines, what William said about uh, his pastor sharing uh, some uh, devotional things. Discipleship begins at home. That's a big Lutheran thing. Luther, you know, the catechism is the head of the household to teach the family. How do we then uh, help uh, our our pastors in our districts or people in our churches to say, we're going to provide you with discipleship and we're going to share resources that are going to help you do that. And this is not just for today. This is for long haul because you're instilling, you're, you're instilling habits that are going to, um, that are going to make a difference for people's life and not only life for generations. I see it from what my parents did in my life what we try to do with our children's life and how they're carrying that out in their, in our grandchildren's life now in terms of discipleship at home. So that's really mm -hmm. key. I think let's, let's really think the long haul. And even if life somehow does go back to normal, which I don't think normal, I think we're going to find new normal. These are still things, you know, vision, God's vision, discipleship beginning at home and playing itself out, you know, on a larger scale. Very cool. Thank you. So a couple of questions here in the chat box, and we're going to stick to our, our I'm the 75 minute time. I think that's typically what we can pay attention to. I don't know about you, but this is, this is hitting the, the limit for me. And I want to pay attention to the folks that will be listening to this as well. But uh, one of the questions comes from Johnson and it's uh, how does this impact our funding model? And Johnson, if you will, if you want to speak to that and uh, unmute yourself, why don't you jump in right now? Um, you said this is the point where most of our leaders are expressing anxiety for the long term. I don't hear Johnson. Yeah. Well, let's, so Chris, you, would you be willing to give that a shot? So just, and you were speaking to it a little oh, I'm bit sorry. earlier. I, would, I had the uh, mic muted. I'm not sure why. Okay. Um, uh, I work with, uh, this is Phil Johnson. I work with William here in Minnesota South. Most of the pastors I'm talking to are in smaller and particularly as William was saying, rural settings. Yeah. And, um, and the reality is, is, is where the, for them, where the rubber hits the road is if they see a 30% drop in, in congregational giving, um, that, that causes great anxiety. And whether we like it or not, at this point in our, in our model, there is a direct connection between butts in the pew and dollars in the plate. 
mm-hmm. and that's what they're that's what they're staring down the the barrel of, and and how we provide, um, uh, if you will, assurance or or uh, or support for them in that situation. Um, in the long run, if we're talking long run, if we're talking long term, uh, we're we're looking at the culling out, if you will, of many of our congregations, and that means the livelihood of a number of our pastors. I mean, that's that's just that's the kinds of questions I've been getting yeah. side doored with most of the conversations I've been having. And and to be fair, I think we probably won't be able to really dig into this in an in depth way. I think that's a that's a, a very good question for us to pay attention to, and maybe maybe one of the questions that we deal with in another call. Okay. Um, but but briefly, uh, if you know, Chris, if you want to jump in there and just think about the funding model a little bit with us, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So um, the 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 winner the winner once again is going to be technology. I think yeah. it's it, just like technology is uniting us. We've got to got to got to get people giving online and that might even be making the personal call to the grandma to mildred or whoever and saying i know that you have a hard time with this so i'm going to walk you through this um let's get on the phone together and and we're going to just i'm going to show you how to do this have a giving page on your church yesterday have a giving platform yesterday and encourage not just giving recurring giving recurring giving should be as familiar in your mouth and uh, as as saying you know the lord's prayer at this point because it's it's the only way people are going to be able to 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 give and i I see all the head nods i mean it's just like it's like duh but um i think now now people who are like well i don't like doing online giving because i like the the discipline of writing the check and passing the plate yeah. and i don't want people to think that i haven't given so i want people to see you know in, in a not in a rude pharisaical way but but in a just a i want to show the church that this matters and demonstrate this this spiritual practice well now they can't do that and i think this is the kind of the actual kind of thing going back to your friction thing this is the actual kind of thing where recurring giving will become the new normal and yeah. And, and, and that's okay. Teach recurring giving, monthly or weekly. Uh, and it will actually maybe increase giving if we do this right. And you're talk, when you say recurring giving, you're talking about literally helping people lock it in so it's an automatic draw from their bank account that they don't think about. It's something they're committed to for the, for the year maybe or, you know. Right. Is that, and then, and then yeah. when you gather back together and you pass the offering plate, have cards in the in the back of your yeah. feet that say "I gave online" and just yeah. drop it in. And then you yeah. you still did the thing, you know. But um, yeah, I, 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 this is the kind of moment where I think churches can make those hand holding phone calls to do this kind of thing. Yeah, and and you know, we Jesus said, "Don't let people see what you're given," you know. So <laughs> this is, I mean, I'm just thinking of that quote right there. So why you know why not have it? I've always I so I've automatically given for a number of years, but when I'm in a live service, sitting there in a pew, and the thing goes by me, you know, and I just pass it, I always have that strange feeling of like, yeah. oh no, I'm looking really bad right now because right. I'm sitting there just passing the plate, and nobody knows that I actually give to my congregation. But you guess what? The Lord knows, right? Yep. And that's what matters. And that's what I'm hearing from, from you as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've got a couple of comments here. And Chris, thanks, by the way. You put a bunch of stuff in. You shared a bunch of resources in the chat stream with yep. us. And, yep. and we're going to get ready to close here. But uh, 
someone said, uh, oh, Peter said, our church had a checkbox in the envelope where they could check that we give electronic, electronically while also putting the envelope in the plate as an act of worship. Great. Yep. And uh, we set computers up in the narthex to help people get registered for online giving. So uh, what I'm hearing is sometimes you have to walk people through a process to this point. But if people care about supporting the ministry, um, right. they're going to they're going to do it if you give them some new options. And this might actually, again, be a, be a moment in time when you, we can sort of pivot from one way of doing it to another way and still get to the same target, which is supporting the ministry of the gospel and, and supporting our leaders. You guys, we're at the limits of a time and um, we appreciate all of you being with us. We've had about 29, 30 participants with us on the call. And um, we're hoping to share this in a broader way. So appreciate the questions, especially appreciate Yard and Chris for sharing their perspectives and the guys on the panel who kind of thought thought out loud with us a little bit from, from their perspective. Um, I think uh, the goal here is that we want to want to provide a means for, for ongoing conversation. So we'll, pr we'll probably be coming back to this again down the road, um, dealing with some of these other questions, like uh, the question I heard asked, which is, uh, what happens if we start to have a number of pastors who can no longer make ends meet on the ground where they are? What does that look like How, to take care of them and support them, and encourage them and so forth? And that's just one of the questions we're facing. There's a bunch more. So thanks again to everybody else who's been on this call. And what I'd like to do is, Yard, if you would, I see you're still with us online. If you jump back on with us and close us with a prayer. Right before he does that, this is Paul Miller. I've taken notes enthusiastically all the way along, so I'll be sending those things out, so watch your email for that. Uh, um, uh, Chris, send me all your documents to my email address, and then I'll include that in that email that I'll send out with all the minutes that I've taken today rather than you trying to answer everybody's questions out there. That'll solve that problem. And I would also say um, the stuff that you're gathering is really for your office, and what it needs to do is be pushed down to the people that are really touching the folks out there. So manage a, a moments like this in your own districts. And if you're not doing it already, and gather the folks together in your congregations that are leading them and say, hey, just was in this moment, heard a bunch of stuff. You might have another bunch of stuff as well and share it with them. So they know if one thing, they're just being supported and encouraged like you probably all are doing already, but also giving them opportunities to get some resources into their own heads and eyes and ears so that they can start reading through this stuff and implementing some things. Good. Thanks. And, and we'll get this call on video saved somewhere so you can share it. And, and we're going to work on getting it in a podcast format, just audio as well, and share that um, down the road too. So look for all of that. Yard, please lead us in prayer. Do I need, someone needs to, Bill, will you unmute him? He, I think he's yeah. having, there we go. Yeah, hold on, I got to find him. Where is Yared? Down at the Y's at the bottom. We're alphabetical. Try now, Yaren. Great, great. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin, everyone, for uh, this uh, wonderful conversation. Uh, please share your thoughts in terms of um, uh, continuing meeting, uh, what uh, your suggestion would be. Uh, this is a platform we encourage one another. So we want to hear your feedback uh, for next uh, similar kind of meetings. Appreciate it. Uh, let's have the word of prayer. The Lord be with you. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we give you thanks again for this wonderful moment for us to come together 
and thank you for the blessing of resources. Uh, you have already placed in our hands many blessings uh, we can count on. And uh, that's why we became a church uh, and uh, be in partnership with one another uh, for such a time as this. Uh, and thank you for paving the way for us to be uh, brothers and sisters and uh, work in the same mission field. Uh, and because of that strong bond we have in you, we're not afraid of um, uh, the power of the enemy. We are together uh, equipped by your spirit and guarded by your resurrection power. So we are uh, powerful people through the blood of Jesus. And uh, we thank you again um, for uh, those people who uh, shared with us uh, their passion and uh, expertise that you will continue to bless each one of them as well. As you promised to Moses in that time of uncertainty, um, and uh, we also uh, share the same uh, promise with uh, all the people here and beyond that you shall go before us. Your presence will go before us and you will give us rest. That's the promise that has been given to the leaders, not only in the Old Testament or New Testament, to the leaders of today's church that... Uh, your presence, your continuous presence, your uh, ongoing presence shall go with us and before us, and you will give us rest. And um, we are satisfied by uh, your amazing uh, words of comfort and help us to always recognize that and hold on to that as our only anchor in these uh, times of uncertainties. Thank you, Lord, for all your blessings and be with each one of us as we go by and uh, continue to serve you in a different mission field where we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, thanks, thanks Jared. Hey, for the rest of you uh, that are online with us now and anyone else who listens in the future, just remember, uh, no matter where you go, Jesus is already there ahead of you. You just listened to the Now Leading Podcast, hosted by the Northwest District LCMS, leadership conversations from a Lutheran point of view for Christian leaders of all kinds. Take a moment after this podcast, and with everything you've just heard in mind, consider at least one action you will take. Then go and make it happen.